Chris and Chris Talk Movies. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. My name is Chris Ferry, and of course, this is my co-host. My name is Chris Uddleston. And today, we are split in terms of how excited we are to be discussing the brand new made-for-Netflix movie, Gray Man. I don't know if we're split on this. Or is, it, is it the Gray Man? <laughs> it is the Gray Man, yeah. Yeah. Um, the Gray Man. What do you know about the Sierra program? Reckless mystery men you guys send in when you can't officially send anyone else. The Gray Man. Lloyd. I got an urgent locate and destroy. That could be fun. The man's got some street cred. You hurt? I mean, my ego's a little bruised. They have something they really want. It's your gut. It's gonna be my funeral you're going to next. You want to make an omelet? You got to kill some people. You must be Lloyd. What gave it away? The trash stash. It just, it leans Lloyd. Easy. I'm about to put a hit so big on your boy's head that even his most loyal allies won't hesitate to drop a dime. Every grade A wet team from here to Reykjavik for the prestige of killing the infamous Sierra Six. I can kill anybody. Maybe not anybody. Do you have a synopsis for us, Monsieur Hedelstone? I do. This is directed by the Russo brothers, Anthony Russo, Joe Russo. And it stars Ryan Gosling, Chris Evans, Anna de Armas, Billy Bob Thornton, some other people. And it is a, uh, the synopsis is when the CIA's top asset, his identity known to no one, Uncovers agency secrets. He triggers a global hunt by assassins set loose by his ex-colleague. This is a Netflix movie. I don't know if we said that or not. Brand new. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. We're going to talk about it and what we thought about it and what happens in it. And this movie is brand spanking new on Netflix for those of you who subscribe. So if you don't want us to ruin it for you, then don't listen. You have been warned very ominous so what'd you think all right so um this was very okay i'll 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 start with this netflix doesn't do a lot of great movies i I don't know if i'm (laughs) out on a limb there saying it's like you know i i i haven't watched every netflix movie but it's you know like i have a little difficulty coming up with wow there was an amazing netflix movie that rivals just other you know theatrical releases or whatever but so i wouldn't have had particularly high expectations for this 
but this seemed to have gotten pretty good buzz and it's a good cast. I mean, I would Ryan Gosling, Chris, Chris Evans, Anna de Armas, I would say are among yeah. my favorite people working and Billy Bob Thornton. I was sure. like, Oh, great. Billy. I haven't been seen in Billy Bob three. Sure. Um, on the other hand, well, maybe can I, can I add something yeah, to yeah. that thought? So my experience, and again, I haven't watched all of the Netflix original content either, but my experience with it is that uh they spend it looks they look like they have spent money on it. And I would say this about a lot of the not with HBO per se, but with a lot of the original content on say Prime. And uh, net uh, prime in addition to Netflix, it, it can feel uh, like it was formulaic, like it was um, the cons the concept of hey, we're going to do a movie X uh, came from oh our our data is showing that people want to see a film like, and then the films that they make with a-list actors and slick sets and shiny special effects etc feel like they were written by an algorithm that is trying to serve up like everything a certain demographic of people wanted to see and cover as many bases as possible um and rather than saying I mean, this is an extreme, but rather than saying like, oh, I'm going to create this piece of art, you know, we're going to, I I, I want to do, um, uh, here's, here's a more reasonable example. Ocean's 11. Mm-hmm. Have I angered the gods? Did you hear that? There's a loud thunderstorm. Yes. <laughs> uh, Netflix or Jeff Bezos with, um, uh, Amazon, they probably own the weather now at this point. So they're probably how they, shalt not bad mouth blaspheme. They, they listened in on our conversation and now they're they're going to try to wreck our podcast. It's just too hot for me not to have the window open. So it's, that's why you're yeah. hearing my wild sound. And it is wild, folks. I, you know, so I, what I'm saying is they feel a little manufactured. Um, and Maybe I'm imagining it, but this is a good example of it. Well, just to finish the thought, Ocean's Eleven, whether or not you liked the film, that was a formulaic film that felt like Soderbergh and a bunch of people that had a Brad Pitt and George Clooney and people that had a good time hanging out together wanted to make a fun rollick of a movie. And so whether or not you think it was good or bad or even particularly fun, it felt like an undertaking Sure, it wanted to make money and sure, et cetera. But it, it was a project initiated in, in the conventional way by somebody who really wanted to make this thing successful kind of on its own merits. And a lot of this uh, streamer original stuff um, lacks that a little bit. I, I think I see in the performances of the actors frequently I'm not going to say any of them weren't doing their job as professional actors, but there's a kind of a phoning it in. You know what I mean? Like the Mm -hmm. scripts tend to be thinner. And so there's just not, it's not Shakespeare and they all are just kind of showing up and firing their guns and dropping their snappy one-liners. And it all feels fairly surface Mm -hmm. rather than saying Netflix doesn't make a ton of great movies. 
I just wanted to uh, opine for a while there about like, I think what makes them sort of not great in my mind is that they feel kind of like commercial fodder to fill out, you know, like, oh, if we if we spend our money on this, then we don't have to buy the rights to other movies from other people. And we'll just give the people what they want to see, which is uh, feels a little more vapid when I watch it and a little. Sure. Meh, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're not yeah. all terrible. It's just. No. no. I haven't seen one that really sparkles yet. And that was how I felt about this. You, to me, you hit the nail on the head. This just feels like, a, you know, an algorithm created this. Um, you have all of these good looking people and I like to see good looking people. And, you know, I like fun. You know, it's like, I like, ta- I like talking, you, you know, I like tacos. I like fun. Uh, but yeah, I th- that's a really interesting point that you bring up with Ocean's Eleven, at least as I remember the first one. You know, movies can be fun, but also well crafted. Like uh, another example of that, I would with two of the people from this movie are in uh, Knives Out, um, a, a fun movie but well-made and, you know, obviously it was a crowd pleaser, you know, people loved it and everything, but with this, it's so, it looks good. It looks like a theater, you know, this could have played theatrically in terms of how it looks. So it doesn't look cheap. Um, You know, it's shot well. Uh, They go to all of these exotic locations and everything. So all of that is fine. You have Ryan Gosling doing, what he has done in several other movies, Drive, um, Blade Runner 2049, where he doesn't talk very much. The the only difference is with this is he doesn't talk except there's, you know, a joke here and there or he winks or, or whatever. And one of my problems with this, which is also one of my problems, I w- would not say that I am a huge fan of modern action films because one of the things that they do that just kind of drives me nuts is the tough guy talk. Um, And in this movie, everybody, man, woman, and child does the tough guy talk. And it's like a, a lot of it is just people working in an office in the CIA. Does everybody that works in the CIA or is a spy or whatever just speak in sarcasm and quips all the time. You know what I mean? And it's cliche. Like, and cliche. That's what I texted you was it's just like somebody in the writing room was like, all right, nothing makes stays on the page that isn't a cliche, folks. Yeah. You know, that's actually, actually that's that line he says right there. There's a poetry to that. Cut it and, you know, yoink yeah. something out of a Bazooka Joe comic and make him snark some cliche instead. Exactly. And you know, suspension of disbelief, you know, blah, 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 yada, 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 whatever. That's fine. But occasionally have somebody speak like a human. So that's that's one of the complaints that I have. The other is. Well, and I'll add why I think that's a problem, because it gets in the way of me caring. Sure. Yeah. About the characters. Yeah. When it's two romantic leads, you know, and, and Anna de Armas was uh, we just saw her and. uh Gosling in um, Blade Runner 2049. 
And, and right. we know that those two can have great on-screen chemistry. She's not even a human in that. She's a computer program. And, and, but in this one, it's just like snarkity snark, snark snarkity snark, snarkity snark snark. And 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 what this is this is their courtship. Like they're just so they're, all of them have such a thick rind of cynicism on them apparently, and and it keeps me away too. So I'm just watching. If this movie, I think if this movie was a person, it would be really pretty and stupid. <laughs> you know, it was pretty like you could see money on the screen and the locations were gorgeous and the lighting. I even think they have a fireworks show right at the beginning that is just it's just spectacular. The color is all saturated and, and it looks like it's eye candy for sure. Sure. Then you and then. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I just keep jumping no, no. Here with negative. No, stuff. it's fine. What say what you were going to say. And then so you've got Chris Evans, whom I like also as an actor. And I think he's right now he's trying to, you know, carve some career back for himself after Captain America. Mm-hmm. Not that he complains about getting to play Captain America, but I just don't think he wants the rest of his career to be completely eclipsed by that sure. one role over what now 15 years 10 years whatever um, but but so he has grown a mustache that is not a toothbrush mustache but it reminded me nothing so much as of hitler <laughs> like he's, well, got, he's got the hitler hairdo too yeah you know? and, and, and he's a sociopath they i guess saying, maybe they were trying to say that he's a white nationalist or something i don't know you know because he just has the white nationalist haircut and Mustache, and the yeah. first time we see him, he's torturing a guy. He's got like, um, you know, electric. They're hooked up to a battery, like a jumper cables attached to the guy's cheeks or his lips. I, mm-hmm. I can't remember which. But, you know, and then he's and he's like monologuing with the guy. You know, he's like, yeah. you know, pain is something that we learn from. <laughs> oh, my God. Shut up. Who would this script? So full disclosure, I couldn't even make it through this whole movie. I got to the I got to a certain point when I just texted you and I said, this sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, does it get any better? And you're like, not really. <laughs> yeah. so, so I bailed out. If that disqualifies me from having an opinion on it. You're not a true and so be it credentialed critic if you didn't watch the whole thing. I um, am not. I am not getting paid for this episode. I'm not getting paid for any of these episodes. <laughs> The other, my other complaint, and this is, you know, maybe unfair to the movie itself. It's, it's a thing that bothers me with the modern version of the genre is there's a lengthy part um, where they're on a train and it goes on for 10 or 15 minutes. Well, first there's all, all these. So Chris Evans is the bad guy and he's going after. He's supposed to kill. Yeah, because uh, he took Ryan Gosling because he took like a flash drive or whatever. You've yeah, seen they're this hitmen. In- they're hitmen. So right from the beginning, the CIA boss who we instantly dislike. Oh, he's really the villain. Get it? Like, yeah, we couldn't miss it. You keep shoving it down our throats. Like everything this guy says is like, <laughs> it's just terrible. Uh, I don't know if you can still hear the thunder. But that, that, yeah. Driving. So, so. Right off the bat, Ryan Gosling is a hitman. He's been he's been hired to to kill a person. Then when they when he finally corners the guy, the guy's like, "Oh, you're Sierra Six, I'm Sierra Four, right?" And he's got the 
flash drive deal with all of the secret information that proves that the bad boss is bad. So the bad boss boss now wants to kill Ryan Gosling, who has the flash drive, and uh, sends Chris Evans after him to kill him. And and I never really, by the time I quit watching, I, I didn't. I, I guess uh, Ana de, de Armas is also a CIA agent, but she's not in the Sierra program. Or does do we find out later that she's actually yeah, one of them? I think I don't know. <laughs> I think she's not, but she helps him out. You know, so. But yeah, so then they have, so they have, so they're, he's taken the, the flash drive, which, you know, how many times have you seen this in a movie, you know, and they're, he's, it has secrets on it. And so they've got to get him or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And so Chris Evans is overseeing this. They, they just get all these teams of mercenaries to go after him. He, he gets arrested and they handcuff him to a bench. The police handcuff him to a bench. He's in Vienna, Austria, they handcuff him to a bench. And there's just all of these teams of guys with machine guns shooting at him. And he's behind the bench and he managed and, you know, then he gets free. And then he and he's on a train and Ana de Armas is trying to get him with a car and everything. And it's this lengthy scene of him being a superhero. And that's one of the that's my other pet peeve is. I would like to see action movies and superhero movies be uh, separate genres, you know, but they've basically made, and, and, you know, I mean, they've always been somewhat superheroes to a degree, but the, the example that I always come back to is Die Hard. You watch Die Hard and it's like, these are things that a person possibly could That was really close. Mm. That lightning is like right on top of that thunder. Mm. Um, If this, if we get cut off, it's this. Okay. But you know, Die Hard is, you know, the things that he does in that, it's like, oh, that could, a human could maybe possibly do that. Even like the new James Bond movies. I think they did a pretty good job with them of not having it be like, you know, he flies a plane through a skyscraper or something. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, that stuff where it's just, okay, it, they're supposed to be a human, but they're okay. So spoiler alert. So they have, so they do all that. And then when they finally have their, uh, their big showdown, Chris Evans and, uh, and uh, Brian Gosling, Chris Evans gets some of his fingers cut off. He, he shoots some kind of explosive thing at him or something and burns a big hole in his back. And he's still running around for like another 20 minutes in the movie or whatever. And it's just like, yeah, these guys are tough, but you know, again, that's, I know you have to suspend your disbelief, but when it's like, Oh, you know, the guy, he has one leg now, but he's still fighting. You know what I mean? It's just that just, Okay. If they're a superhero, if they're Wolverine and they can grow back limbs or whatever, yeah. But I don't know. That's that's a nitpicky thing. But it just bugs me that they're just they're they're so beyond any no, level of believability it, that it I, just sucks all the fun out of it to me. I don't you know? think it's nitpicking. I think it's just an it's just an elaboration on on what I think I said off 
air, or maybe I said it just now on, I don't know what I said, um, style. Mm-hmm. It's all style and no substance, right? So there's a scene where uh, Chris Evans is walking. There's a bunch of bad guys and he has a gun in each hand. And at one point he just shoots over his shoulder and shoots a guy off a roof, like mm-hmm. a guy that's two, 200 yards away or wherever. He just bam, doesn't even look around. And you're like, okay, so we're in, it's a cartoon, right? I mean, we're not expected. It's not RoboCop where he uses his computer targeting thing to ricochet a shot off of, of a steel door and hit a guy, mm-hmm. which within the, that's a movie about a robot cop, but within the world of that movie, you're like, oh, that's cool. And you go with it. Yeah. And this one. There's a crowd of people running around and he somehow knows precisely where all of the 20 bad guys are. And he shoots them sometimes with multiple with two guns simultaneously without even looking at them. And you're Mm -hmm. kind of like, well, how am I expected to believe he's like. Able, able to do that, that just doesn't. And, And you know what, if you can do that, then you win. Yeah, and they're like, yeah. oh well, no, Chris Evans can do stuff like that. Too. You're it's Superman, like, basically. Well, what? Yeah, I, I'm like, where are the stakes here? Yeah. So, anyway, you, um, you know, I'm 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 a negative Nelly on this one. No, no. Along along those lines, have you ever seen Atomic Blonde with Charlize Theron? I think James I did. Yeah, yeah, I think I did. That was a movie that it's very very stylish. It takes place in the '80s in Berlin. And you have all the 80s music and there's neon and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. And she just gets the crap beat she out. She gets of the crap beat out of her. Right. It's all hand to hand. And then and then she's just like her eye is almost swollen shut and her lips all. I mean, they really went nuts with the like, OK, you've got this crazy James Bond fight. But in the next scenes, <laughs> this is what she's soaking in a bathtub. Like, yeah. You know. And she has all these bruises on her and stuff. So I I, I thought that was a good way to handle that. And they didn't, you know, there's crazy fights and she's fighting men that are, you know, 50 pounds more than her and all that kind of stuff. But, but I don't, that was a modern uh, action movie that I could appreciate, you know? Okay. Um, So I don't know. And, you know, you have drive and drive is an example of, you know, with Ryan Gosling, that's like an art action movie i love that we talked about that yeah a while ago on this podcast yeah yeah so like you said it's this movie is just super formulaic it is a you know mcdonald's big mac or something you and i mean maybe it's not even that but i watched this with my dad my mom went out of town for a couple of days so my dad was you know at their house alone so i went over there and was like hey you want to watch a movie and i thought ah, oh, this will be something what did he think of it he 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 thought it was okay you know yeah. i if you're comparing it to a big mac i'd say it looks like a big mac i mean it looks like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna eat that that looks really good <laughs> and then you take a big bite of it and you're like mm, i don't like it's, this it's a big mac that they left under doesn't, the uh doesn't taste good yeah it's a big mac that they didn't make fresh <laughs> and they left it under a heat lamp for a while cold two-day-old big mac that yeah. you don't realize is cold and two days old until you bite into it 
Now this is this is just very much like you said they they, they put big stars in this. I'm sure the budget was high. Had to be. Uh, and you know it's number why does one. Why Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans and why do these people say yes to it if they're not getting paid? Good. Sure. Work? Sure. And it was number one. It's the number one thing on Netflix. On Netflix, so, promoting it hard. Of course yeah. they are. So what do we know? You know, I mean, we're it's working out great for them. You know, right. uh, number one on Netflix this week, according to us. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. So that's there's not a whole lot more. To yeah, say. I don't mean this is going to be a short one because I just and I, I don't like I don't like episodes where I go on long negative rants because I don't <laughs> think it's any fun to listen to. But um I really didn't care for this and I like everyone in it and I wanted it to be good. I expected it to be like some of the other original stuff that it might not ever become my favorite movie, but I thought I was hoping it'd be entertaining and a fun ride. And I didn't really find it to be either of those things. And these are the Russo brothers who did the last two Avengers movies. Right. It's again, it's not like anyone involved in this doesn't know what they're doing the worst thing to me was the script which was just two-dimensional dialogue cliche after cliche and i thought you know even these actors and these directors can't make this sing or they're not really trying that hard Mm -hmm. And maybe it's a bit of both, but, and, you know, we've talked about this some before and, you know, I don't know that much about what it's, what working in this industry would be like, but it's, you know, in, in terms of like film lovers, you kind of think, oh, wow, these guys should always be passionate and everything, but it's still a job, you know, and even a job that you really like, do you always put in a hundred percent every day? You know, uh, I think if you're an A-list actor, you'd better. Sure. Yeah. No, there's no guarantees. They don't sign a contract with you for, you're not part of the studio system. So you can make five. Well, maybe if you made five, you could make, you could make the number one hit movie in America. And if your next one, a stinker, I really loses money. I wouldn't go writing any big checks. Like no, you know, no, it can be over just like that. You don't get a lot of runtime in that in this business here. And people have talked about, you know, Chris Evans is chewing up the scenery and everything. And, you know, maybe he was having a really great time, you know, doing this. So I mean, maybe they he was making choices, you know. Mm-hmm. He was making choices. And I think he I think he's he has been playing Captain America for a long, long, for a decade. And Captain America, it's not that Captain America isn't a funny character, but Captain America himself is fairly task oriented. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the the jokes are kind of he's the straight man of the joke um, and doesn't get to really goof off. It's just not what Captain America does as a character. So. So maybe it was probably just taking the opportunity to kind of go big and be silly. And the, 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 the script is so thin that there's like, it's nothing really to hang that on, you know, and you know, that's a him that's, doing improv on screen. 
That's uh, that's another thing that bothers me with with newer films, and that's something that I, I would really like to talk to a screenwriter sometime. Yeah. Uh, and if anybody listens to the show and is a screenwriter and would like to come on here and talk to us, that would be really cool. But the the with modern blockbuster films, to me, it seems that the writing is the weak link on them, you know, because everything looks great. You know, like we say, the cinematography, you know, cinematography is probably as good as it's ever been in the history of film, basically. You know, there's there's nothing in this where you're just like, oh, wow. Uh, you know, uh, with any of the actors where you think like, oh, that was a really bad line reading or something like that. You know what I mean? It, it, they're they're doing a good job acting. Everything looks good. The special effects are good and all of that. But just so often, it, it just dialogue seems to be poor in just almost like across the board in big budget movies, you know? Yeah. So I would like to know why that is that it, it that it, that seems to be what the studios are fine with skimping on is, you know, that it has to look good and you've got pretty people and they're big actors and all that kind of stuff. And the performances are good enough, but it just dialogue is bad. Yeah, it's interesting because you can almost imagine the attitude is like, oh, well, we got a script. Um, it reads through OK. It hits all the marks. And then we're going to we're paying these actors a lot of money and they'll make it sound good. And you're yeah. like, well, but if you give them really good writing, <laughs> they'll make it still still make it sound good. And the movie will win an Oscar. <laughs> right. right. If the performer does it, the film will. It's like. I don't know. You don't and it's not writing. Seems like that's the cheap part. You don't want to try and make it better. That's that's the cheapest part of the thing. Is pretty you would think so, yeah, right. And it's not like it's you, you would just say ah, people don't care about the dialogue because you know yeah, these movies don't make a billion dollars or whatever. But Quentin Tarantino is no, known for his dialogue, and you know he's one of these guys that has managed to. Uh, have big hit movies that also critics love. Same thing with the Coen brothers, the Coen brothers, fantastic. You know, even if in their movies that maybe are not as great, they always have good dialogue Yeah, and their movies make money and critics love them, you know? So it's not like, I think you could just say, ah, audiences don't care, you know? Right. Um, it, like music, like, ah, people just, ah, they just listen to the beat. They don't care what the words are, you know? I don't know. So that that just perplexes me in general with, you know, that that seems to be where they've they seem to be comfortable. Uh, and again, you know, these movies make a lot of money or they're tops on Netflix or whatever. So they're not listening to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, why don't we, why don't we just make this a short one? And we'll, yeah, so I would not recommend this. I mean, I'm not. If you're like, oh, but I want to see it, and I have Netflix, go go ahead. You know, I you know, I just didn't, I didn't think it was all that entertaining. Just don't expect anything that you haven't seen a million times before. Uh, if I had seen this in the movie theater, I would have been. I, I mean, I wouldn't have gone to see this in the movie yeah, theater. But you'd have been disappointed. Just, but I would have been. Yeah, I would have gone and was like, oh, that wasn't very good. You know, I'd have left at half an hour, and I would have asked for my money back. I'd have been yeah. like, I, I can't sit through this. And um, but I've done that maybe three times in my life. So uh, one thing I would say it's, you know, there's nothing super offensive in this, I guess no. it's, it's real violent. 
in terms of just people getting shot and stabbed and everything, but it's not, people aren't getting decapitated and stuff. Yeah. There's no nudity in it. There's no sex. I think There's, the violence in drive is actually more graphic. When oh it, yeah. Much violence feels, uh, r- scary. Like, Oh yeah. Real violence, you know? Yeah. So um, drive still kind of cartoon violence. Yeah, this is cartoon violence. Like, like I say, there's not blood, there's no sex in it, there's no, uh, there's a little bit of bad language or whatever. But so this is kind of like you know, a family could watch this if it's like a movie that you want to watch with like your teenage kids or whatever. You know, that's that's kind of the best recommendation I could give for it. But it's yeah. you know. Uh, there are other better choices out there. Chris and Chris talk movies at gmail.com. That's our handle. If you disagree, let us know nicely. If you agree, somebody, let us know. Like, the gray man is the Here, best sir. I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> I am the gray man. I wrote the gray man and you are. <laughs> you know nothing of you know my nothing. work. Um, anyway, uh, we're on the socials, YouTube, we're on the podcasts, we're doing it. And thank you for joining us again for next time. We're going to do the 1995 Sam Raimi Western, The Quick and the Dead. So why don't you take the opportunity to watch that one? And then when we drop that episode, you can enjoy the conversation with us and talk to us. We just won't be able to hear what you're saying. (laughs) <laughs> right <laughs> what however you do podcasts i don't know what i hope it's not storming again for the next movie yeah i don't know it's climate change i don't know what we're doing here uh, we need the rain though it's been pretty hot and dry so it's cooling things off that's nice as long as lightning doesn't hit my house i'm okay with it all right okay bud anything else to add nah all right then we will talk to you next week baby Bye.